welcome back to Anime Savants, everyone. This is episode 43, and uh, we're going to start with social media as usual. So if you have not followed us yet, follow us at anime underscore savants on Twitter, and then just regular anime savants on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And yes, there is another Ghost Stories video coming extremely soon, but there's another video coming before it. So we're going to save the Ghost Stories video for after when we drop that video. So in case that video doesn't go well, we can qualm the masses (laughs) with the Ghost Story video. So yeah, it's, it's, it's ready. It's coming. Um, and now the news. <laughs> I think it was a slow week. I mean, uh, the only thing that really stuck out to me were some of the Netflix um, news around the Gundam live action movie. Uh, Jordan Vogt is directing it. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of much of sort of what he's done besides Kong Skull Island, which I thought was pretty good. But it is, oh. is going to be a direct to Netflix situation and that's kind of hit or miss also this is i mean we don't really have a long history of good i'm not saying great netflix movies um anime live action movie adaptations from the west i mean that you can blame a lot of things for that funny enough like detective pikachu is probably the closest to a what i call like a real movie (laughs) like it was so good though whether you like it or not i enjoyed it but you know whether you liked it or not it was a complete film that worked as a movie whether this is going to be any good remains to be seen it's going to be based on the um the original uc gundam the 0079 you know original so that's a good sign because that has a much more serious and i would say relevant set of messages that Mm -hmm. work in a film even if you lose some of the trappings of anime um i don't know about the what it's gonna look like i mean we have no information whatsoever um beyond uh that legendary films is behind it and you know they they made pacific rim but then they also made you know the sequel so So the most recent track record is very iffy i mean they were also behind pacific rim uprising and that did help create a relationship with Sunrise that seems to have led to this. And I think I liked Uprising, even though, again, it's more of a, it's a, it's animated, it's 3D, and that's more traditional to this type of material. So I, my fingers are not crossed. I'm going to be very skeptical going into this one, if it even comes to fruition, which I don't think is a guarantee, uh, because movies and announcements yeah, like Yeah, usually... Stuff. Don't they like show a trailer to announce stuff like this? Yeah, but or, like super some early. kind of footage. So we're not gonna see anything about this until maybe next year. But but again, announcements like this have a tendency to come out. They get people very excited, and then you know something happens, and they lose the director on the project or something. And I don't even know if it'll be a thing. I'm reminded of in back in like 2007, 2008, all the hype around Neil Blomkamp doing a Halo movie which at the time seemed like a fucking no-brainer, but they just could not get their act together on the Microsoft side around, like, you know, funding the film, even though they had announced so much shit, and it never happened. And I think that was a humongous miss at that time. Now, Gundam is a bigger franchise than Halo is, but it's not bigger in the United States. And so because it's Netflix... Listen, I just don't want a little white boy 
to be the lead, please. It will be a little white boy. So oh, give, fuck. Give up all hope. All right. That, so that kind of thing, there are going to be concessions that may be inevitable. So I'm not pinning my like or dislike of what comes out of this on like casting or anything else. I would be satisfied if they just stuck to the story on paper and didn't try to air quote. Did they say anything of like which one they might be doing? Are, yeah, are they doing the original like original? With Amuro Ray. Oh, okay. Now this is going to be interesting then. Yeah, so... Mm. Uh, I want to know who they're going to cast as Char. I don't... Oh my God, what if it's <laughs> well, Alexander Skarsgård? That. That's fine. I could think of a, a variety of... If know. Alexander Skarsgård is, is Char, I'll forgive them. If they get a real actor, sure. I think this is likely not going to be a big name vehicle for anybody. So I'm not... Again, I'm not going to like shadow... Uh, book this this movie uh, i will just wait and you know be s- critical and skeptical when we get more information but at the moment it's just a notification when netflix says they're going to produce something i mean they usually will do it um but we'll all the see. way through yeah they, they they'll they see it through it. so it is what it is and then on the other netflix announcement it was, um it's anime adjacent you have castlevania um coming on may 13th it's a air quote season finale which is and it's based on the third castlevania game i think it's the third and uh there may be a new series announcement after this season runs which makes sense because at after castlevania 3 they sort of veer off into like the future and time travel and a bunch of other stuff and they have new characters etc etc so that sounds good, and Godzilla SP is going to run in the West in June, so it's currently um, being streamed in Japan weekly on Netflix, and so we'll get the dubbed. I just, I just hate when they do that. I hate that so I much. I, I mean, from they their did business. it with B Stars too. Also, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, exactly. why yeah. do you guys do this? I, I, I. As a fan, it's stupid. It's a relic of a very archaic uh, model of making television. From a business point of view, Netflix is just trying to grow in Asian regions and having show like the you get the way they release um, localized stuff in Japan specifically is much more similar to like weekly TV. They've done this with a lot of their um, what do you call them? Uh, uh, reality TV that is specifically for korea and japan though they go weekly over there rather than dropping yeah. entire seasons and that's just their that's their business model and unfortunately because of the way localization is handled um you've got that they 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 do it in a single batch and so they don't have like a team that they're going to call up every week to like dub episodes it's just they just don't do that so it's annoying and we've been and it, and it makes coverage really a pain in the ass but other than that like it's good business for them because it has they you know they're retaining viewers kind of like what Disney Plus is doing with with their uh, originals. So I don't like it, but it is what it is, and that's pretty much everything yeah. that's on my radar. So for me, uh, I guess going off the Netflix Gundam stuff, the the well, it's not related to Netflix, but the third um Reconquista G Gundam film mm-hmm. is dropping in Japan. <laughs> 
And I <laughs> I know you have feelings about Reconquista and Change. <laughs> but um, I'm excited because uh, I am more than willing to watch compilation films as opposed to 52 fucking episodes. Yeah. So... <laughs> I just, I can't wait until, you know, that comes out and then, you know, it gets on Blu-ray or whatever and then it makes it way to a streaming service because I want to know what happens. I just don't want to know that bad. Well, G. So. Rico is uh, depressing and weird. So there's plenty to sink mm-hmm. into. This third season or third, the third movie is going to cover, but I think the end of the, the show and man, does it get fucking weird. <laughs> I heard that. I'm looking forward to it. And also, Titan's Bride is getting an English dub. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm not surprised. I'm actually curious to know, like, what numbers um, prompted this. Like... Who's paying... Who's who's paying? I I just want to know. And I'm not saying that like wow, like how could you, you degenerates? Because listen, I've been on the internet looking for the uncensored version, so I can't say <laughs> like what the fuck, you guys. Like I'm out there actively. I can't find it actually. That's pissing me off. But um, a dub. I um, I actually am going to watch the shit out this dub because I I'm positive it's going to be hilarious because i know what they have to act out and what they have to say and certain things do not translate well from a manga and i this is it's gonna be awkward it's gonna be awkward and i'm I'm going to yeah It's going to be awkward, and I'm going to love it. I'm definitely... So, you know, I don't know where this came from, but I'm not mad. I'm just... I'm interested, and I also want to see statistics on who is footing the bill for this, because I didn't even know that there was anything like Titan's Bride. Well, actually, you know what? There are a lot of BL companies that are only publishing BL content, content, like mangas and stuff like that. They're translating it. So maybe that's where it's coming from, but mm-hmm. who knows? Um, oh, Ari Ferretta is getting a season two, and honestly, it's one of my favorite isekai anime, even though it's not, like, it doesn't have the highest budget, but it's one of those, like, revenge tales that is just, it hits. Like, I like it. Like, it's petty. It is petty. It's petty. It's some petty shit. I like it. I like it. So, I'm happy for a season two for that one. It was good. And... Finally, my most excited news ever is that Yasuke is getting a Japanese dub. Thank God. So they make it watchable. Fuck you, Lakeith. <laughs> it may make it watchable. I'm I I'm going to only watch that version. I'm I don't I do not care. I I don't and I'm not saying fuck you to the rest of the voice actors who are probably like, you know, within the voice acting industry and you know, want the English dub to do well. No, I I I'm pretty positive it's going to do well cuz a lot of people want to they want English dubs now or like they like love English dubs. I'm like, "Hey, like that's great for you." But for me, after hearing that trailer, I was like, "No, no, 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 no." No, 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 no. So I'm excited to see what cast, um, who they're going to get to play um, the titular character and also just the rest of the cast. I mean, 
If like they get like Rie Kugumiya, then oh my god, like what? Why the fuck would I ever listen to the English dub? Are you kidding me? But yeah, that that was my favorite piece of news for the week so far. <laughs> and that's all I got. Yeah, not that's a that's slow news days, but I mean after the last week or two of just wall to wall premieres and everything else, I'll take a slow week. Yeah, it needs to be a slow week. There's too much stuff happening. And they're still announcing a lot of stuff. That that show what I you spoke about it a few weeks ago. The um the isekai one where it's like the hero helps rebuild the country. Oh, what right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Exactly. The, the name is so long. I'm it's not surprised. It's super long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that one, I'm seeing a lot of announcements about like the cast and I think it got a premiere date and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it seems interesting enough. They're pushing it, but it doesn't. It also, I'm interested in it simply because it doesn't seem like it's just an overpowered MC in a new world. Yeah, what I would love is if the, we got like, and I have no evidence to know, don't know if the show is going to be this way, but like the way in which like something like Gunka no Baltazar, which is a pretty standard like war, like war uh, seinen style of show, if we got that vibe but just apply to like the logistics of running a country. It sounds super boring, but I think it's a good way to like repurpose overpowered isekai tropes in ways that just have hasn't been done before. You know, so I'd, mm. I'd be excited to if they go that direction and not like harem building or other weird stuff. The thing that that makes me uh, hopeful is that in all the previews they've been focused on one one woman, like his assistant. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't need a gaggle of, like, stereotypes with their boobs flopping out to make All around work. him. Yeah. Constantly. Oh, my God. Speaking of boobs. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Might as well move on to the next stuff. So, I guess we can go ahead and talk about what we've been watching so far. We're not going to do that whole thing again, you guys, this nope. week. That was, that's, that's once a season, okay? Nope. That's once, once. That, like, we cannot do that. So, we've already begun cutting shows but speaking of big old titties, oh my God, Hige Hero. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so Hige Hero is the one about like the guy who lets the high school girl move in with him. The one that just like picks the random high school girl up off the street after he gets um, rejected by his boss with the huge tits. And then in the second episode, the boss that rejected him notices that he has a woman because his, which also, can we talk about marriage and just like it's, only beneficial for men in so many fucking ways oh my god but like the fact that like this high school girl moved in with him and basically is like taking not taking care of him but you know like exponentially improved his quality of life by her just commenting on are you gonna shave your beard are you gonna eat are you are, are you gonna do this Okay, how about how about we do these things? Okay, yes. And so the women at his job are like noticing now in the second episode and the boss with the huge tits that like did it. Okay, what is an eye cup? That so if I'm remembering right, like Japanese That's like sizes huge. are are different than American sizes. Oh, okay. Um so it may be like a triple D. Jesus. Okay, well, yeah, her titties are huge, and basically, she invited him out to dinner to tease him with her tits the entire time. 
So yeah, I'm still watching Higa Hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's that's wonderful. First of all, she had an eye cup on that body. Jesus. <laughs> Well, it's an adult. Well, this is an adult woman that's like teasing him with that cup. It's not the teenager, which thank God. Oh my goodness. And I'm and and I'm totally wrong about that. I is like two or three bigger than a triple D. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, yeah. No the the show made it a point to like highlight her boobs for like five minutes straight. So. Okay. Yeah. He can hero. Something <laughs> boob, for everybody. The boob lady show. Boob lady. I mean, I guess it seems sort of mature, maturely written. It does have mature themes. Yeah. Oh, did you read some of it? Uh, I'm like peripherally familiar with it, and then I saw a little bit of the second episode as well. Mm. Like because I couldn't remember if it was more of like a comedy or a I don't know what it calls say serious because anything where women are showing off eye cups is not serious. But well, no, it will. It will. I mean, she was show. Well, no, they the boobs were literally like perched on the. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, okay. No, I, I my my the way I remember was that it was a little more. Um, the, the main character is like an adult, like an actual yes. adult, and not like a fucking simp or something like that. <laughs> so that was when. That's all I know. Like I don't know really anything else about the quality. No, of you're you're right with that. He's not desperate. Like there by any go. means, that's a right, yeah. That's a right way to... He's not a desperate MC. He's just, you know, it's just a situation that he's in, and he's yeah, he's not. He's not like some that. like weird incel. Like it's just he got turned out by. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about Back Arrow. Yo, I caught up. <laughs> I caught up, and uh, so first of all, oh fuck, I've forgotten. I'm forgetting names. So wait, what is um Shoe B's childhood friend name? Oh, the other general. Um, the general, yeah. The, the what, what was the, that guy's name? Now I'm forgetting. Dumbass. <laughs> um. So I actually loved it when he was getting his ass whooped so much. He was getting I bounced was just, around. Yes, I just yeah. When Shuby literally, and he kept calling Shuby a coward and all that kind of shit like that. And I was like, well, no, he's he's just he's just fighting. Was it Kai? In the way that he can Kai, fight. Kai, Kai yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I was just like, uh. But then also, it was so interesting to basically see how, how just like, not a nonchalant, but just how like matter of a fact Shubi is yep. about the whole thing where he's just like, I mean, yeah, that was my friend, but like, I got dreams, nigga. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to just do this forever. Like, are you kidding me? It's like I respect notch, it. It's like one notch of complexity above where it needs to be every time. Yes, not yes. like three notches, but it's like one notch more than was necessary to tell. And that even story. with the Edgar guy, so I the, now I know like the why people were like talking about the sex dungeon and shit like that. Yo. And I I thought it was also interesting that he like kept all the brother the all the other heirs alive and he's talking about his power that he doesn't even know how how powerful he can be and stuff like that i'm just like oh nigga you from outside the wall that's clear to me or they have a connection because he yeah something he's like the overseer of the wall or some shit like that exactly like like like, or that they that there's a certain i don't know what to call like a story they want to play out inside and so he's Mm -hmm. like the one making sure that it's entertaining for Whomever. I'm pretty sure. Oh no! If I say that, that's a spoiler for that game. Well, no, yeah, I'm know. pretty sure that it's 
it's like it, that you are exactly right that it's entertainment like those people are entertainment for people are beings outside of the wall yeah i felt that way the moment when the, it was like all this like super technology and all these people in here are like living the way they're living like there's there's got to be some like this is like a sandbox for something but, I also am kind of getting a little weirded out, or not weirded out, annoyed with like back arrow just like charging in every single time. Because I'm just like, nigga, you didn't get any more powerful. That's that's, what you that's doing? true. They did fuck with you though in the last episode where like the the where Fine's getting like uh, uh confronted and then like a version of the back arrow that comes and just squashes. Yes, dude. I, oh, I laughed I, out loud. Okay, yeah, I knew that was not him immediately, but I was just like, okay, somebody shit's about to hit the fan, fan, and they killed the butcher, that the loudest hilarious. motherfucker of all. He's of like, them. I'm butch, the butcher, and they're like, oh great, and then he immediately gets squashed, like just killed <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, it was, that it, also weird. the fact that they took Doctor Nigga out. They killed oh, him. My. They killed the nigga. I was like, wait, you're supposed to be like the shield. No, like, like, dead. That's what. He and then, but then I also was just like, why did you block those swords with your body? Don't you have that like that, that shield on so your extra. left why arm? Why is he carrying the fucking apartment building that all the people were? In? Thank you. So <laughs> okay. And then he tells him to get out and run. Like what the fuck? I just laughed. Like there's things. I'm enjoying there's it things though. This show I love again, it. like th- themes or character activity. Or just general complexity of certain plot threads that have to move forward that they don't, you don't, they don't, they could have achieved basically the same result without reaching for anything special. Like when it came to um, uh, Fide getting like attacked by the people and then her getting sick and falling down, then all of her, all of her like nobles turning on her. In the midst of that, they kind of throw in this whole like, we're not just overthrowing the princess. We're overthrowing all of the nobility. And I'm like, well, that's, yeah. a pretty, that's a pretty, actually, like, very strong theme. Like, historical, political revolution. Like, you didn't even need to go that far. They could have just been, like, everyone turned on Fine and, and scene. And now there's just, a new, yeah. Yeah. So they could, or I don't know if you remember back, because I know you just caught up, but, like, the fight with the emperor and the dark princess, like... Oh, I love that. That shit was, that was fucking good. I love it. When she went to the other army, I was like, she going to start killing the allies too. Yep. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that. And you said you were like, they turned against her. And I was like, why did they turn against her? I mean, if she was going to win the fight. And as soon as she started killing the other niggas, I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But also, Homeboy took that um that warp binder that had that bitch sealed in it. Yes. From the princess. So now I'm like, oh, well, now oh, wait, what's. I want to point out the fucking choir came back in this episode. Yeah, and, and they, they told him to shut the fuck, the fuck up. up. Prox. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know what? Prox is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. I actually, maybe I don't like her. I love her fucking um, Bryheart. Bright. Oh yeah, the one with the wing. But, yeah, yeah it cool is one. so fucking cool. That's like cool it can one. turn into the funnels. The funnels can turn into a uh, um a shield, and or she can make like a concentrated gun out of the. Fun- I'm like, damn. Which also another thing that I like is 
the fact that like they highlight and with with Shuby too that like those niggas are so caught up in their pride that mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck about anything. So when Prox and Back Arrow threw Kai up into <laughs> the like the roof shit, and they were like, "Bro, we trying to show you right, that he like didn't give a fuck." <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. I was like, I, I. I don't know why did this show go this far. I don't know. It's it's just things are <laughs> things are are being executed. Like ideas are being executed at a higher level than they deserve to be. Yes, because I felt like they could have easily not done this. They could have just like watched that nigga, or he could have like come back in like five episodes and been like, "I learned the error of my ways." Right, right, blah, right. Blah, blah blah blah. But no, they literally are like, "This is the truth of the world," and he said, "Fuck y'all." I, I care fight. about that shit, nigga. Chill out. My pride, and then right afterwards, Shu says, "You cannot get through to them. Their pride matters more than their lives." Yes, and it was just like, "Damn, that's real." So it's just a a show that I don't understand. And that's actually a good thing because it means I want to watch more because I can't really guess what's going to happen. I sort of know. I can't either. I can't either. I didn't think Arrow was going to be that cool with the the King shit. (laughs) No, but he's going to, he'll come around on it. Definitely. Like, I see a general direction where this is going, and they do a, the thing I appreciate, and this is generally good storytelling. You tell your audience what the destination is, and then you spend the rest of your you know your story building it up. That's like just very basic sort of. A lot of shows and movies get this wrong because they think that it's part of the mystery. Like we're not going to tell the audience like where we're going to go be because it'll give everything away. And it's like no, we know that the ultimate end of Back Arrow is they're going to get outside the wall, they're going to solve the mystery, and they're going to address like the concept of a place where you can manifest your your ideals like like that's that's what we're going to find out so everything happens now between now and then is just a choice like they could be very direct about it they could be very indirect about it they've chosen to be like both and also like the, mm-hmm. the supreme elector transforming into his like I don't know what you want to call it, like his the non- audience form or whatever they form. said it was and yeah. I'm like oh, so that's who that nigga is oh wait Oh, I oh like yeah. That. I saw his hair on him when the, the first, so I, I saw the second opening before I saw the episode oh, where he premiered. Okay. And so as soon as I saw him the first time in the sex dungeon, I was like, yo, he got the same hair as that nigga from the second opening. And I was like, that must be him. The You know, the, the last thing I'll talk about is like, I'm now I go back to that first introduction of that character. Why the fuck is the, the building that he's in look like a, a demon giving birth? It looks like they walked into a vagina. It absolutely did. <laughs> like, like I legit was like, they let y'all animate this? But like, this was done on purpose for some reason. Like, in a show that was a lot worse than this one, I would just say, oh, that's just a visual embellishment. Like, it doesn't serve any other purpose than to either be Ooh. provocative or shocking. But given the track record that they've established so far, like, I now, f- and they've shown it a lot. I feel like there's a meaning behind this. I don't know what it is. And, and it's the really... only building of its like in it, that there's universe. nothing like it at all. Yeah. And yeah. Also, you ever notice right. like, in Rekka, the, like, um, the palace, whenever they show the shot of it, it has a giant fucking sword on it. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's so interesting. And that motherfucker can probably lift it himself, That's what too. Like, if that doesn't happen, I will be disappointed. If there's not a scene where, like, the fucking emperor, like, rips a sword, like, single, barehanded off the, the roof of his own... 
fucking capital. Did they building. say what the emperor's conviction was? I don't. I don't. Maybe they didn't. But remember, we he's powerful enough to barehanded destroy a Bryheit. So yeah. Also, I like how they're getting more into details about like the Bryheit particles and stuff like that. Are yeah. And yeah. So you know the you you are so you just right, man. Like it's it has no. There's no reason for it to be this fucking <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I was expecting also the the mecha, like looking back at the beginning of the season and now I'm like, we have so many fucking mecha designs in the show. A lot. And we I think At- Atali is probably gonna get like an upgrade. Everyone's getting an upgrade. Oh yeah. I Adley, yeah, Adley's getting an upgrade for sure. Homeboy's about to get his bright height. Yeah. Um gut, whatever his name is, the one the one they the one that should be be fucking with. Ab- Admiral Command, whatever. Yeah, He's going to get one, but I don't know what it's going to be. Or it will what. either be the coolest thing in the whole show or a fucking joke. <clears throat> yeah. It's one or the other. I also liked the element that they started the, um, uh, what is it, like the transformation thing or like them being able to equip other Bryheights? I yes, was like, I didn't even also, see I that didn't shit coming. That. I didn't, it didn't occur to I me. did not see that because has, has that ever happened? Well, no, that's happened in Gundam before. Yeah, I mean, but, like, like the... the like none of these concepts are like absolutely new, but it's like, would you have guessed in episode one that at some point back hour would he would turn, turn into a fucking into sword. a rocket powered sword and then be wielded by everybody else? No, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> no, I want Shu B to get a fucking bright heart. I'm, that's what I'm I curious want. about all this stuff. It's so. gonna be like a feathered flying thing that's like has like probably like a hundred funnels or some or shit. Or like, like premonition that. powers or something like that. Like Yeah, like it's go. gonna be OP as fuck. Let's I'm excited. Go. Like I now that I'm caught up, I'm like, oh I'm not getting I'm not getting behind on this shit no more. Like that that war really fucking got me, got me. Yep. I, I love that shit. Yeah, Even the new generals. Yep, that's also true, right? All right, what have you been watching? Um, I mean, I have things in my odds and ends. Um, Din Din Zaymon is just enjoyable. It's it's a trope fest, but that's its job. And uh, Trigger is doing his Trigger thing, especially now that they've introduced like the team of like air quotes evil or bad guy kaiju users. They're all they're they the one thing you'll always get in a Trigger show is characters. Whether you like those mm-hmm. characters or not, they are absolutely you know they stand out each one of them is over the top in their own way and then subdued in others uh and so there's an interesting sequence i think at the end of this episode that if you are familiar with like uh um bad guys getting wiped out by like the beam of destruction there's a little gag that runs about that in the last like three or four minutes of the episode which i thought was funny um godzilla sp continues to be like the show that i'm so stoked to watch every week it's not hype because it's more grounded uh, and we really uh-huh. haven't even seen much in the way of like kaiju. We've seen some bones. We saw some mini Rodans, but I think we're about to get into the, the meat and potatoes. One thing I want to shout out is actually not a function of the show, but in the um, ending, uh, they do like a stylized sort of really quick homage to like the history of the old um I would say like seventies era got versions of like all the Godzilla monsters drawn in a style that's different than the rest of the show. And you get to see like, um, what jet Jaguar looked like and 
the 70s Godzilla and like King Caesar and all these other really all these other I would say like relatively obscure for Western audiences but popular in Japan kaiju and it's like really fast and fun it's about a minute and a half and I actually find myself like coming off of the episode enjoying watching that little um vignette where they and they stick the characters from the show into that like old version of Godzilla so I think I think it's just really cute and cool um Tokyo Revengers, uh, I, I I like the show a lot. I like what they're doing. And, and as someone who's a reader, I know that there are lots of twists and turns that are going to mindfuck people um, who are trying to figure out what this show is about. Um, the, only, uh-huh. the only challenge I'll say is that you don't, you don't fully get the flavor in the second episode of like what the dynamics are going to be of the show itself, which is... I, I think that by episode three or four, there are going to be some people who this is their home run hit of the season, and there are going to be other people who are like, I don't like that this is the way they tell stories, um, which is which is perfectly acceptable, but I, I think it's looking good. Megalobox is doing Megalobox things. I mean, it's it feels like a prestige anime to me. I don't know what your feeling is on the first one, but it's like, they're just flexing right now, and the story is really, really cool. <laughs> Um, and then I watched. Yeah, that's uh, what makes me want to catch up on it because I know everyone keeps saying it's so good. Right, it, it is. It's 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 good when you are watching it and you're thinking this is the only show where I'm going to get whatever I'm watching. Like I can think of a few shows that are on this season that are very similar to other shows that are on this season. Let alone like they kind of fall into a, a genre that where there's a lot of competition. Megalobox kind of sits in its own space. Which is good because it's kind of a sports anime, but then it's also kind of like a a little bit of cyberpunk, a little bit like other things. But I couldn't say that like, oh, there's this. If you like Megalobox, you should go watch, you know, insert thing here. There's really not much like it. And season two is very different from season one. Oh, it is. Well, I mean, in terms of what story they're trying to tell, because season one is all about like overcoming class and the you know stuff around that whereas like season two is much more of like it feels like a rocky maybe like rocky two rocky three. Um, oh well i've never watched any of them hoes so <laughs> well let me let me get let me i guess it'll be, right. it'll be it'll Box be one, the final story was basically was it was rocky four the one where he like uh is uh, ivan Dragonov and he had to like he was training with the robot um some rocky fan is gonna correct me because i'm not a, my wife likes it i'm not a a huge one, a huge yeah, yeah. Rocky Four is where uh, Rocky goes fights the Russian who like is like training with like the latest technology, and Rocky's like the underdog who's just doing things the OG way. Um, so anyway, uh, th- this is like the older Rocky movies, maybe like Rocky Two. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, oh. um, but I, I I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I'm, we don't need to dive into what the story is, but for this season, but it's fun. And then, of course, Thunderbolt Fantasy is just, like... I watch 86 back-to-back with Thunderbolt Fantasy, so I get my Sawano. <gasps> oh, my God. Speaking of Sawano, we got a vocal track this you week we in did. 86. And it was Eliana. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm so fucking obsessed with your music that I know exactly which vocalist you're using at every moment oh, with damn. your new shit. Oh, God damn. damn it, Sawano. God. Which, I mean, it's... 
she's a she's a fucking amazing vocalist. Like if you look, there is a YouTube video on Sawano's like official YouTube where he posted clips of his like more most recent concert, and Eliana is singing one of the um Cabernet of Iron of the Iron Fortress songs, and you just. Hearing it and then like seeing her sing it live is a completely different thing because then you're like, wait, bitch, how high is that note? And did you just hit that live? Like, like you do that regularly? Like, oh my God. So yeah, the, I, that's all I wanted from 86. I wanted an action scene with a vocal Sawano track and I got it. So I'm in. Yeah. So that's my, that's my lineup. I always try to stick those together. So, you know, this is good. I'm I'm enjoying a lot of the back the backside of this season. But speaking of '86, I think this week we kind of got a little bit more of a, a complete look at what the season and individual episodes can deliver. Because whether it was um, exposition about the world, so they're doing some good world building. Whether we it's about learning the convictions of the various characters, we got a pretty long action sequence which i think was actually quite good um Sawano soundtrack was was hidden this episode as well uh and then of course by the end we kind of got a indication of where things are going specifically i think the the title for the next week's episode where people are going to be dropping like flies let me just put it that way. Oh like, my God, are you serious? I mean, like based on like I was convinced this episode some people were going to die, but they came. I mean, all right. My biggest wonder is how come one of the regular people is in eighty six. I saw that as well. Was it Jude, that Jude woman? I was. Whatever her name. I was. don't know. I don't know her name. I don't remember her name. But I just remember them talk her, the whole speech that Homegirl did, and then she was the main one talking to Undertaker, and I was like. Wait a second! Your hair and your eyes. I like see that. I bet you we'll find out she's like you know half Albin, but is well. Stuck there. One of the things that I'm very interested in, as far as the show goes, is how does um, birthing goes mm. because I'm pretty sure like the 86 people are probably just like actually people from that country, yeah, and 100%. they're just babies that just didn't come out. <laughs> How I mean, they wanted I, the baby. I don't to come know out. The, the way they described it. It seemed like there. Were I'm guesstimating. Eth- yeah, there were like ethnic minorities who they expelled, and so they those are all the ones who are outside the wall. But uh, the other little tidbit was when they said that all the people in this uh, in the Spearhead Squadron were the same age, other than like the um uh the mechanic guy, that they were all. Oh yeah. Years, which seemed which would lead me to believe that like they broke people up by like essentially you know school classrooms because it sounds like young people are very good at at the power raid device the thing that lets them control and kind of synchronize with all the all the technology they have so we've got uh i would guess that the 86s are all of various like backgrounds they're just not alban and the, it was kind of like expelling all the foreigners but then using them as forced labor or fighting but I think it's really interesting. There was a lot. Of, I like, thought the the premise for the war was really cool too. Yeah, I agree. Um, as I I think I mentioned that before the um, anime got announced, I had I had at some point read a little bit of the manga adaptation of the light novel, which may have only covered like the first light novel, and it was only five chapters. So I've already you know exhausted 
what I knew. But what was interesting was when they explained that backstory about how the in this episode about how the war started with this empire. But they figured actually that the people, the humans, were all dead. They'd all been killed off. Yes. By the that they'd built, which to me is a great premise. It's very uh, Matrix-like, in a sense, uh, and and also has like um, with not just Matrix, but if, if anyone who's familiar with Blame, like that story. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it gave me a lot of like those. It's very dark on that end as well. Like you could imagine a, a show or a story that wasn't. It wasn't like based on a you know we're we're going to talk about racism, but it was literally just a war between a country you know, full of people in a country that had been wiped out by its own AI. And that itself is a perfectly reasonable and pretty strong, thematically strong uh, setup for a story. And to have this extra flavoring as they're, like, fighting for civil rights at the same time they're fighting a war is interesting. I mean, you could easily, like, bobble it and fuck it up. But I, I'm i intrigued to know more information about the world, especially after we got that scene um with now i'm forgetting her name but like the the major when she goes to talk to the new um students at the war college and she just fucking spills all the i love that scene i love that scene spills all the tea and then afterwards she's like oh my uncle will protect me fuck that (laughs) i'll do whatever yeah i'm pretty sure homeboy that was like looking at her sideways the whole time Mm -hmm. was like we got to get rid of this bitch yeah oh that 100 her ass is going to the front line yeah because they even said that, right? When he's like, have you been to combat? It's like, once, but I didn't engage. They're putting her ass right out there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And I'm fine. And again, like, there's ways you can tell this. To, like, I, if I'm putting my, my hypercritical hat on, there's a whole bunch of issues I have with, like, the kind of grandstand, like, racial grandstanding. That, like, it's like when, like, white people are, are trying to put a cape as hard as they can for on that, like, you know, white savior complex shit like, to their own people, like, that, it's it's kind of gross IRL, but, like, in the context of this story, it's great, because it's going to set up a whole bunch of conflicts that, hopefully, by the end of whatever they animate, uh, will lead somewhere, it won't just be, like, bleeding, this, this girl's a bleeding heart, and then the rest of her culture and society is completely unforgivable, because if that, if it's, if they don't resolve that in some way, then I might be siding with the fucking robots. i'm just saying but i know that the light novel series is actually almost done um i think volume eight is going to be the last or the second of the last so the story is not over by any stretch of the imagination which means that if this does well this might be a well not might be it most likely is a two core so i i liked it this was this i feel that in some ways if they if they could have shoehorned in a battle like what we had in episode two into episode one, there would be a lot more hype and less grumbling about where the series was going. But after episode two, I'm in. I don't need, I don't really need it. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. They did everything that I wanted to get out of the, or see out of the show in episode two. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Done deal. It's over. So I know you actually talked me into uh, watching VV the fluorite eyes. Is that what it is? Something oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you actually talked me into it. So I caught up this week um, up to episode four, and uh, I'll I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts first. But um, I enjoyed it. Oh well, I I fucking loved it um, because I love any show 
where hands are being thrown with like women or just like girl girls who beat the shit out of stuff. I love it because I love pretty care. So like, of course, like I'm going to love this, but the show itself. So if you haven't watched it, you probably should watch it before you listen to us talk about this part. Cause I'm going to be spoiling the shit out of it clearly. But as far as the timeline and stuff goes, like this isn't technically time. Well, it's time travel, but it's not like Tokyo Revengers time travel. Right. And I actually am very intrigued on just like Matsumoto and uh, I'm paying attention to what Matsumoto is saying, especially within this fourth episode, because he's legit saying shit. He's like, wait, this is early. Wait a second. That was supposed to happen. So I'm already convinced that the timeline's already fucking changing. Like, hardcore. And it's going to get to a point where Matsumoto can't just, like, bark orders anymore. He's basically going to be like, bitch, I know as much as you do, so we got to wing it. Like, what's going to happen? All I know is that we got to stop this. But this is over there now. Or actually, I can foresee one of the events, Matsumoto waking up late, because one of the events happens before it's supposed to. I, I just, I'm, I like this more than Ray Zero already. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I, I do. I like it more than Ray Zero already because it's giving me the action. It's giving me the action. I love the art direction and just the, there's kind of like a coldness to the show, especially with the facial expressions on the Android sometimes. Like the whole thing with Estella, I really, like, by the end of the third episode, they really had me basically being like, no, I can't be this bitch. Like, no. Like, I just, I don't know, man. And then she chopped homegirl's head off, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm Okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. here we going. Here we going. And then for them to even, I think one of the cool things about the series, it's it's highlighting um, AI rights like in that universe and just like how fucked up it is to do that shit when they're giving the AIs basically like a soul and emotions so it's just like what? how would you expect the AI that you gave emotions and feelings to not feel a way that you they were gonna they talked to you this entire time about your sister that literally lives right next door to you and then she disappears Like, they throw her away. How do you expect the sister, if she is continuing to operate, to not hold a grudge against you motherfuckers? And they just see them as things and not actual, like, beings that exist. And uh, that definitely explains why the show opened up with a genocide of humanity. Because them niggas was pissed. Yeah, I'm very very curious about what, what the messaging is intended to be for the... AI side of the story. So if if anyone who's into cyberpunk style stories, whether it's like William Gibson, like classic um, neuromancer stuff, with which there's a lot. We had like a couple of scenes of like, not just scenes, we, we've been told that in episode four, that one of the experiments was about like copying AIs and there's an allegory there of like copying over the soul and the mind and the mm. blah, blah, blah. so that's very much like in the in the realm of like of Gibson and Neuromancer and then you also have a lot the underpinnings of the story are you know Philip K Dick do Android Dream of Electric Sheep the idea of like these overriding directives of the of the androids you know, to protect humans, to serve people, to do whatever, and that feels like was it the is it the three laws or the five laws of of uh, AI and robotics? Like, like there's a lot of 
classical stuff that's sort of under the covers of the world building that's happening. The issue that I have, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it's just a question, is mm-hmm. so if you watch the first four episodes, we start with the introduction of there's going to be a, 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 a genocide of humanity by AI, and that's air quotes a bad thing, and that's the gen- that's like the catalyst to to do the story. Whatever's happening in the story is to stop that. But there's kind of like a, usually in stories like that, there's a presumption or a question is do are are uh, thinking machines the equivalent of human beings as far as like do we grant them like moral moral agency and if we do then that sort of necessitates a whole bunch of like civil rights and recognition of them as thinking feeling autonomous you know which is the thing that Matsumoto kind of wants to stop he right. wants to stop exactly. the evolution so the question yeah. here is what angle is the story trying to illuminate? Is it really to test the theory about whether the androids are deserving of that autonomous status? Because it's the presumption so far has basically been yes. Like every vignette, every um, bit of backstory, and then every bit of plot movement has sort of has sort of like kept in the back pocket that this is happening anyway. Nobody like is questioning whether or not they, sh- the, um, you know, even when Matsumoto talks about like, oh, you got to stop this or stop that. There's never one line where that character is like, androids should not exist and should be destroyed, like because they're not people. It's just they're a threat to humans, so they gotta, we gotta stop, you know, the autonomy from happening. But every time we jump forward in time, they're just getting more and more and more human, and it's never questioned like, how would you revert that? So I'm. It's a little muddy to me whether what the message ultimately is, because if they are thinking, feeling, acting stuff, and we just want to stop the genocide, then it some of like Matsumoto's motivations don't make a whole lot of sense, since it is kind of the AI that it wants to destroy, and it seems to have the ability to upgrade and 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 give powers to dangerous abilities to existing AI. And it's kind of doing things willy-nilly, like, you've now leveled Vivi up to a point where she's a murder machine if she wants to be. So that's so a Which, question. Like, now what's that really you've said on? all of that, now I'm thinking, like, oh, shit, well, what if, like, humans were actually in the wrong in the future? Right. So then it's like, is that, gen- are we trying to justify a genocide? Which, if you step away from, like, the Android stuff, that's also an odd and awkward position to take. Like, it's definitely true that if you watch, like, the Matrix films and you have, like, that, the whole, the Agent Smith diatribe about humanity being the virus and so on and so on, like, that's an extreme position, but if you want to tell a story where that's ultimately the case, I'm reminded of, like, Cashern's sins is sort of kind of what, what they're saying a little bit in that one. That's a much darker, more nihilistic kind of a story, and that also does not fit what's happening here. Um, because over and over again, it's not like the main character is questioning whether she should protect people. If anything, Vivi goes out of her way to, you know, be kind to and safeguard the lives of humans that she cares about and doesn't really seem to care all that much about most AI as long as they're not guilty of doing something, right? Like, she was more than willing to fuck up and essentially kill. I mean, as far as she knew, like, the, the, the program that Matsumoto injected into... Oh, fuck. What was her name? The Estella's sister. The other one. 
Um, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the, that she was more than willing to assist in what an act that would essentially kill or destroy or mind fuck like that character without any remorse. She was like, I gotta do this. So it doesn't seem to. What I'm getting at is, it doesn't seem to be telling either one of those stories, either of like humanity triumphant over the evil AI or AI triumphant over the evil humanity. But it's also not really telling the middle point of that, which is like cooperation and getting along. It really seems to spend a lot more of his time talking about like individual motivations and drives to live a life, which is is nice, but I don't know how that adds up to answering like the fuck shit we saw in the opening. Like, are we, is it like oh, once, <laughs> once androids and humans recognize that they all have, uh, motivations to live then they're gonna like not genocide each other i that doesn't seem right and also that ominous ass shit from the second episode of that tower where he's like the tower gets taller ai is getting stronger we gotta fuck that shit up like that seems like this is all very inevitable i guess is what i'm getting at right like the the ai and androids are gonna keep leveling themselves up no matter what happens and the humans seem to be completely oblivious, except for that one toke guy who she keeps saving in, inadvertently. By oh, my God. Her. He's so annoying. Just from this episode alone, I'm just like, nigga, you didn't learn a lesson after those 15 years? Well, the lesson you learned was I'm going to commit suicide. Oh, yeah, he was going to. Uh, yeah, and then the other girl was like, no, you know, you don't have to do that. I'm going to knock you out. Which I'm curious if, like, at the end of the day, is that what would have happened regardless? Is that the real history behind a lot of this stuff? Or did something, when, like, uh, when Vivi started interfering with just, like, the low-level guys to get the, that girl to an escape pod, did that change enough that that, uh, that android basically rescued that guy and he survives again when he would have died otherwise i don't i don't know the answer to it clearly that's the if i can point to one thing that the history that they've changed it's that character because everything else seems to have just happened regardless like they the android rights bill failed and then an even better one got passed so that didn't do anything and then the ship still crashed and the android was still responsible for the crash but at the end of the day like the it doesn't you know, she may have like learned more about the backstory of both of those two androids, but that didn't change the actual outcome. Her her friend died in a plane crash. Which why did they skip over that? <laughs> they, you mean the what happened with at the end of the first episode? It, it, was it the first or the second episode when it's like okay? I'm oh now, yeah, at the I'm end of the second. Yeah, Matsumoto, and it's like oh, we've come to a new realization about their relationship, and then they in the basically in the credits, it's like. Oh, yeah, and, like, a little bit while later, Matsumoto turns on Vivi, knocks her arm off, and then forces her to watch her friend die in a plane crash, and then disappears well, I for think, 15 years. Well, I think that was because Vivi was trying to, like, save the girl. Oh, yeah, they yeah, totally. Just... Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying, yeah. why didn't we get that as an episode? The episode would have been her seeing the future and seeing that there was going to be a plane crash and the girl dies, and then... Like, that feels like a whole ass episode, which they just skipped and just gave us the ending. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm just like, I'm watching episode two and I'm getting into it. And then they do that. And I'm like, wait, how are we telling this story? <laughs> There's like these future flashbacks, but then then we're not going to get an explanation of what actually happened. And then Matsumoto at the, at the beginning of the next episode was like, I got you fixed up and and like nobody noticed and then i went to sleep for a while like that that bit right there was a little 
come on, bro. Like, don't fuck with me. Don't give me that skate vibe of, like, the missing episodes. I want to see that shit. That was some good shit. But anyway, it's, it's still a good show. Yeah. Still a good show. And uh, then... I mean, you caught up on Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, that was the only, that was the only thing else I was going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so we can talk about that because, I mean, that was the plan anyways. We were just going to do a dive into Seven Deadly Sins so far as far as, like, the anime-wise. So if you guys aren't caught up or if you've never watched it before, I kind of recommend it. Kind of recommend. I recommend it. <laughs> Maybe. I recommend it more than Mahoka, so that's well, good. That's a, that's a low bar to clear. <laughs> pretty, I mean, unless you're into a very specific type of other content. In which well, case. so what happened at the end of this week's episode honestly like gagged the shit out of me. So I won't, I won't say that because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who doesn't know that. But as far as watching it anime only... Um, from season one, two, three, and now it's on season four. Um, and this past week I marathoned all of season three and the first part of season four to catch up to where it's currently at right now, which is the second part of season four. And it was a journey. So (laughs) overall, I actually love that. What? (laughs) I like, no, that's good. I like, I like the song. It was a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, overall, like, the thing that kept me going was the story itself, or just, like, the the shonen. Like, the shonen was what kept me coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the power-ups, the this big enemy, the betrayals, the... Especially when them two niggas showed up from the those two top demons, and they just came through and started wrecking shit. I actually enjoyed the shit out of those episodes. But at the same time, I remember people talking about this fight... Between Meliodas and uh, Escanor. And they were just like, there's a fight. There's a big fight coming in the third season. And now that I've seen that fight, I know why niggas are so mad. (laughs) It was ass. Oh, my God. That was so bad. Like, at one point, I was like, okay, maybe it was just like, you know, this little tidbit. And it wasn't supposed to be that big. And then, no, literally, like, the second half of the next episode was all about that fight. And they kept recycling the same fucking animation over and over again. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I I understood. I understood that they were in the perfect cube. I completely understood that. Like hands down, no doubt. It made complete and utter sense. But <laughs> just it was ass. That's it. Like it was ass. Now the the whole thing together was not ass. But I think that this is a this is a decent shonen. It's good. It does what it needs to do. I'm not gonna say that it knows what it needs to do all the time, but you know it's it's good. Also, the way that they killed Arthur, like bitch, what the fuck? I know. Like what was That's that? Actually, I've been wanting to talk about that aspect of this story for a really long time, but for yeah, like anime only it. people, we had we had not gotten like far 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 enough to without like spoiling things like for me to really have my feelings out but the biggest fucking waste of this entire series was arthur just i which also the movie spoils it so the the trailer the trailer for this next movie spoils something huge which i guess they just didn't give a fuck about um 
but the the fact that he got the sword and started washing them and then like directly after they were like you're still not ready and i was like oh all right cool well blah 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 of course you know merlin shows up she says it which actually i'm gonna get back to merlin um she saves him and uh, he immediately fucking dies like it's so i it is such a goddamn waste of a character yes oh my god like from his intro in the first season to the development in the second season, like when they killed why the did cat you even demon and oh and then I, like, it was early. Why did you even put him through the I druid don't training? No, I don't like, know. Why was he even there if you were get like I did? I don't. And even if it was, if they were gonna kill someone, kill Hauser. Yes. Like what the fuck? One hundred percent. Kill Hauser. There are so many people. Like, look, a story is a story. Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes your faves they die or they're written out of the plot or you know something happens you don't you disagree with. I'm fine with certain decisions, but one thing I will always harp on doesn't matter what show it is, doesn't matter like what my prior relation to the material is. Do not fucking waste my time, okay? Yes, yes. Just don't waste my time. If I if you yeah. want me to invest in some something weird and it's going somewhere. And you're asking me to go along with you, figure out a way to pay that off that's meaningful. And don't just like, don't just make me think that I should never have bothered being interested in this thing. Like, that's the biggest sin I, I feel a storyteller of any kind can can commit is to really get people invested and then do no, absolutely nothing with it. Because then yeah. why would I tune back in? Why would I ever you know, want to be invested in anything you're ever going to do again. Like, how long was Arthur in this story? Like, Also, what the fuck was all with, like, Merlin's, like, pinning and panning over him? Exactly. And then for him to die, and for her to immediately basically be like, we must move forward. No. No. Her whole character was centered around him since she was fucking introduced. Right. This doesn't make... I don't want to <sighs> presume to know the mind of the writer, but... When you have a series like Seven Deadly Sins that cribs so many notes from established fiction, so all the Arthurian canon, as well as a bunch of other, you know, like Norse influences and Christian um, uh, theology, uh, like when you're cribbing a lot of notes, you can copy an idea that is very powerful. But if you don't understand how powerful the idea you're copying is, when you add your extra bit, your bit of creativity to it, it is so easy to spoil the concept. Like Merlin and Arthur as a pair is a known story. Like whether you've ever read this stuff or not, you've been introduced to this theme in like Western countless times your whole fucking life. Okay. Yes. So so. It's kind of cheating in a way to introduce that kind of a thing into a, a story because you're getting away with like importing a bunch of good shit that other people did without ever having to like build it up yourself. But okay, you've done it now. So you better think that like your payoff for for bringing the shit in is the hottest shit. If Arthur had even had a moment in this like story where he was the OG and then he goes down because Arthur dies in the Arthurian legend spoiler right like he he doesn't survive yeah so he's yeah. a tragic character 
But like the Arthur and Seven Deadly Sins was just like it was. It's like fucking Gohan. Like imagine he like, didn't even get a chance to start. Exactly. Like imagine if Gohan never had like never beat Cell, and he was just built up as like he's gonna be the next. He's gonna be the most powerful. He's gonna be the most important. And then he just gets murdered <laughs> right at the end, and everyone is like, "Well, guess we can move on from this." Like, like no, no. So, yeah, that yeah, failure. Yeah. Arthur, humongous fail. It's actually my biggest black mark against. The Natsu no Taizai altogether. Yeah. I, I, and listen, I don't blame you because that's what's been sticking out in my head. And then they keep showing the body randomly. And I'm like, <laughs> if you're going to bring him back to life, just fucking do it already. Yeah, like, like, what are we, what are we just, fucking around for? Yeah, like, and the, also the false endings, which you've told me about this before. Yeah. But oh my God, like, it is, if it's not evident now, like, what? I rem- actually I distinctly remember I don't know if it was with you or with someone else I was discussing this with and uh, where the anime is right now I distinctly remember someone telling me that like they thought that it was the end um whenever what just happened happened and then apparently a whole new arc started out of nowhere it's, and it was just like what it's they have like five false endings in the air quotes last season <laughs> Yes, there are so many times where I'm just like, "This is it." No, no, okay. It's unbelievable. Well, yeah. It's actually there it's, were plot holes. I'm glad you're gonna keep going. But um, also, uh, are you gonna? Oh, you're you're introducing new plot points and not solving. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Yes. But uh, there's still a whole season left of it, so I'm still gonna. I'm still. I'm going to watch it all the way through. But I just. I'm not disappointed because I really, really, really enjoyed the first season of it. And I enjoyed the second and the third seasons too. I think it was more so the production that kind of like qualmed my expectations or just like excitement. But I'm pretty sure if I had probably read all of this all the way through in manga format, I still would have enjoyed it outside of the Arthur part. Right. No, I mean, and also that's, that's Hauser being the grandmaster makes no sense. I'm sorry. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like it. Uh, also, Hendrickson and uh, Dreyfus are gay for each other. Well, duh. Um, if that is just, you cannot have a, a conversation with your so-called best friend under the moonlight and talk about, well, my wife is dead and my son has moved on without me, and you are the only person I have left. You're my best friend. That's gay. Oh. I'm, I'm just, I'm just that's, that's, that's gay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm here to let you know, as one of them, it is gay. Okay? Saying Riley's it's voice. Gay. You could basically just be, that's gay, nigga. Yeah, that's like, what it was. Um, it, It's completely fine to basically be like, yo, man, I love you, man. Like, you've been there for me. Like, thank you so much. Right, like, sure, sure. I value our time together. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, my wife is gone mm. and my son has moved out. <laughs> So I can be myself now. Isn't that That's a, what isn't I got. That the plot of like a like a Netflix or like a Hulu show with like the some well-known older actors where like they both. Oh yeah, um, what's Gracie. Movie? What's the name of is it? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's Gracie and the, something. Yeah, the two, it's the the two, two old fathers white are like, ladies. yeah, we're we're divorcing our wives and we're marrying each other. Yeah, and they're marrying each other. Yeah, and they're still actively part of the show and shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's with Jane Fonda, right? Yes, yeah, a lot of well-known actors in that one. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember the other ladies. But it's something in Gracie. <laughs> I had shows, but no, this is Lydia. That's the plot. That's that's what that's what they're doing with Dreyfus and Hendrickson. Also, um, uh, 
uh, Ludocio, I kind of enjoyed that character. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed that character. I also enjoyed um, ta- um, Tarmiel and Sariel, or is it Tamriel? It's Tarmiel. 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 I enjoyed those two, especially for when they were first introduced. And I was like, oh, so you guys just aren't Ludocio's bitches. Right. Good to know. Like, interesting. Also, with the fact that they showed just how much, like, Ludocio is a dick because they were like, hey, we're going to give these host bodies up because, well, this one's already dead, but also, if I keep using this one, she's going to die faster. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought Margaret was in trouble. Also, it was interesting. That was an interesting way to use a, a side character that kind of just, like, wasn't there for the most part. Yeah, I was going to mention that, is that there there is a pretty efficient use of a lot of other characters in the show it's a, one of the challenges in your typical shonen uh battle series is that the story is going to have to revolve around the lead for better or worse and in order to to tell the shonen story they have to get stronger and it's very easy to lose track of or outscale a lot of the supporting cast to a point where everyone is kind of rendered down to talking heads that are watching a fight um and that's you know people joke about that or they they make fun of it but it's not because it's just a trope. It's just a, a problem with that m- kind of storytelling. So you have to get creative as to like how you're going to use or reuse a lot of these side characters that may maybe at one point were critical to moving the story along. But if you are a long-running show or series, like, hey, you know, what what is the point of having them around? They're not contributing to whatever fight is going on because the author can't think of something for them to do. Their, their meaningfulness of the plot is kind of expended because they were there to get our leads to, you know, the next level of their character development. And so what they do in, in Seven Deadly Sins, they do a lot of, like, remixing. It's like, what leftovers are in the are in the refrigerator? How can we mix them up again? And the introduction of, like, the Goddess Clan stuff and the four archangels and how that uh, uh, was able to, like, basically be a pseudo power-up for a lot of other characters while keeping them relevant like the reason why some of them get involved is like oh this character's dying i can keep him alive this character blah 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 like there's a the, like the reason it makes enough sense that it doesn't break the story and then it, it allows some people to be around at the end and matter a bit more um you know so i thought they, they did a fine job with that one of the problems which is why i i think of seven deadly sins like a like you're a meat and potatoes type of shonen series you know it does a lot of the things that you need a show or a story stories like this to do it's flashy it has a pretty unique art style so it's going to stand out um and then at, when, when it gets to the level of everyone just shooting beams at each other you you've yeah done, you've done enough storytelling where like that's fine but all the big moments in seven deadly sins come in the first half of the story because that's the only real point in the story where Every single character has something to overcome. And in the scheme of the world, you feel like there could be, like, this could be a life and death situation. By the end, if people are going to die, they're just going to die. Right? So you're just sort of yes. like, okay, it's not a big deal that it's a life and death situation because we got to kill some motherfuckers right now. So let's go. It's when you're sort of in the first half where you're like, if they kill them now, I'm not getting any more of this person's story. So as a reader or a watcher, I'm very invested. I want them to live. So I can learn more, but you, you know, by the time you get to the end, it's a little, a lot of people are disposable. I was kind of irritated with a lot of like, you know, the the stuff around like the Demon King because, to be frank, that should have been the setup from season one is that Meliodas was going to find a way to kill that guy. 
Like, yeah. That somehow, once we figured out, like, what, who Meliodas more or less was, even, you can leave some of, like, the, um, you know, the details that, that we learned about his relationships and everything else. But if he was, like, determined to kill the Demon King and then everything else is, like, leading up to that, I feel like the story of Seven Deadly Sins would have benefited a lot and those false endings would not have felt like false endings. You get what I mean? Because you yeah, would know that you're there's right. this big bad waiting at the end and by definition, everything they're doing is building up to that. But because they don't tell you what is going on and what is really motivating half of the characters in the show who fucking matter, like the Merlin and Arthur situation or um, uh, 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 Meliodas. You know what? Escanor and the whole Merlin storyline kind of just got thrown out too. They, of course, it did. Yes, they it because which right right when he was showing like signs of jealousy for Arthur, and then they kill Arthur, and then that storyline just disappears. Yeah, and it's obvious that they didn't know. I'm saying they. I'm just talking about the the author and the and the editors for the manga. It's very obvious that they didn't know what they wanted to do with that character. They had a really strong concept for who Escanor was, his powers, maybe even a little bit of his backstory, but there wasn't a very clear direction for him to go because if his entire motivation is his infatuation with one other character, and that character by definition is not going to be one that's going to like, oh, I love you, Escanor, let's go have babies. Like, if that's not the ending, either one of them has to die, which, you know, the direction the plot went, you know, kind of know what was going on there, or one of them has to be written out of the story. And Escanor is a main character and Merlin is a main character. So it, it leaves you in a bind as to what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. I want more. Actually, you know what? In addition to the like the Escanor thing, I kind of wanted more information on his childhood. I kind of felt like we deserved Escanor backstory. Um... Because we got almost everyone else's backstory, didn't we? We got Dion, we got King, we got Meliodas, we got Elizabeth, we got even, we didn't get all of Merlin, but we got the origins of Merlin. And other than that, I feel like he kind of, even though he's so powerful and like all commanding, the I don't know much about him himself. Like, I just know that like he lusts, or not lusts, he just like, you know, he's desperate for Merlin. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know. It's its not disappointing. Like, none of this is disappointing. It's just that I wish this had been done differently now that I look back on it. And it would have made a bigger impact on me. Because even when he was fighting, um, uh, oh, what's the little brother's name? Oh, Meliodas' little brother's name. Yeah, whenever he was fighting the little brother and the two attendants and stuff like that, I just was like, okay, but it's kind of hard for me to like have feelings or like for you to like go through all this stuff and for me to be like, Oh no, look at Escanor because all you've done is talk shit. Like I really don't know much about you as a character. Right. So if this were a villain, I wouldn't give a fuck, but you have been around for what? Two seasons? Two. Yeah. Two and a half. No. Yeah. Two full seasons at this rate. He's been around and we didn't get any backstory yet. While a good chunk of the backstory is spent on King and Diane. And for some reason, Diane doesn't seem as powerful as they make her out to be. Like, I feel like she should be way more powerful than what we're seeing. And I'm kind of just disappointed 
And did I also talk, I feel like I talked about this before with the move that she had where she can redirect any magic attack into the fucking earth. Yeah, it's, you. yes. That, that should have been introduced much earlier. Oh my God. But, hey, um, okay, let me say positive things now. Um, it was good. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> your answer is it was good it was, I mean, good. it was good it is good it's good it's not groundbreaking by anything by any no. format um but it's just it's good shonen it's it's almost like it's not like fairy tale like where it's like similar to fairy tales like story format but it's a, of the enjoyance level of fairy tale where it's just like you know, some of this is predictable, but it's I don't give a fuck because I'm just enjoying the ride. And I'm enjoying the ride with Seven Deadly Sins. So. All right. And apparently the sequel manga is cooking in a good way. So like that. Oh, really? Well, I already yeah. heard a well, I already know a spoiler about a certain character that's important in that in that manga. Because it's a it's a direct sequel, right? Um, yes, it is. I don't know exactly how long in the future it takes place, but he definitely did. Ah, well, that'll be, I'm probably going to just end up reading that one because that's what I did after the first Seven Deadly Sins season. I just went and started reading the manga because I was like, I actually enjoyed that. I love the first season of this show. Also, the Sawano Hiroyuki music is carrying it too. Not oh, going to sure, lie. Yes. Not going to lie. It's, 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 it bangs on certain parts and it's just, yeah, but that's all I got to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's not Mahoka. It's it's a long way from being Mahoka, a very very long way. From being <laughs> <Mahoka>. <laughs> Fucking degeneracy. This is just a above average uh, battle anime that had some absolutely great moments and was more or less shortchanged by a really shitty production for like a season and a half. Like, really just shitty. Um, season I two concur. of Seven Deadly Sins, I will argue, stands up against almost any other you know mainstream shonen that's been released. Yeah, the second season wasn't that bad. I yeah, didn't mind first it. Season's oak is, the first season's good, and there's some definitely some you know pretty cool moments. But the second season has like two of my favorite moments in shonen, both of which involve Eskinor. <laughs> Oh, the when he fought Estorosa? Yeah, well, yeah, the first the first time he fights Estorosa, but then before that, Galan. Oh like, yeah, where he just like out man, he just like man moded him to death. <laughs> 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 he's like, Which, he's like I also was surprised that Galan was still alive when they went to go get yeah. his commandment. So fucking stupid. Which oh no, and now that I'm thinking about it, they they killed a lot of niggas back to back. Um, Monspeet and yes. Derriere. I was like, never got real closure on that one. Oh my god, I legit was like, are they gonna get reincarnated in the demon world or something? Because you can't tease us on this plot line and then kill both of them within three. Which I mean, like one of them died the next season, but it literally was like within episodes of each other. Like, come on. That's also probably why it like pisses me off so much more. Cause did that happen? That happened after Arthur. 
So it kind of like reinforced the like, you're not getting closure, bitch. Mm-hmm. Trope. And I kind of wish they'd done more with like Gil Thunder. I feel like Gil Thunder. He was deserved like more. The like, way that he the, showed the, the fuck out in the first episode, season. Like of the show, Gil Thunder was the man. Yes. Like, like yeah. that spear comes in and you know that nigga threw it from like across the country. You're like, damn, this yeah. dude is ill. And then he immediately got whopped. <laughs> like I was never good for the rest of the show. <laughs> and yet he was Which... around. Like some people just lose and you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to deal with them. But like he was always hanging around just being weaker than everybody else. I mean, he just wants to fuck Margaret in peace. Like I, mean, I get no it. Shit. I get it. They were like mentally abused by Hendrickson the entire But whatever. Time. Like the the again and the, Gil Thunder was present at another one of my favorite uh moments of the show when uh when when Bond and Hauser and him all knelt against Esteros's like love commandment because they had hate in their heart. And then Escador was just like he just started walking towards him and obliterated him and he was like yeah. I have nothing but pity in my heart for this uh- motherfucker you're weaker than me. Oh. I was like what a man <laughs> What a real man. God damn. Agreed. And the whole Esterosa spin, I saw it coming. It was it was a good twist, but it was overwrought. Yeah. I I, I after a certain when they showed the scene of him in the way, I definitely talked about this last week. Okay. Next. Yes. Yeah, what is what is next? Is I don't think I have else? anything else next. Yeah, I mean, I normally would maybe have a rant or i know well people have been spoiling you on some shit oh well then yeah let's talk about 86 spoilers so i don't give a fuck about what what's written on the first page of every volume apparently there's a quote on the the first page of every volume or like inside the cover or whatever that's like the theme of that volume and someone took that quote and put it in my comment section on my first um 86 video and at first i was like is this a fucking spoiler because there were it answered questions that i had about the show but had not been revealed about the show and then literally in the second episode they give us all of those answers so i'm like no this is a spoiler because all you had to do was just wait for the anime to fucking tell me but mm-hmm. you were so excited that you wanted to tell me and then other people called the person out in the comments and they were like why are you posting spoilers? And you're like, it's not a spoiler. It was in the light novel. But if you read the words that you wrote. Was it on TV? <laughs> was it on TV? Yeah. Was it on TV? It wasn't on TV yet. Okay. So that means if it's in the light novel, that means you could have written anything from any point in the light novel past the first episode. And it would have been a fucking spoiler or anything in the light novel that has not been mentioned yet in the anime is guess what? A spoiler. So, yeah. yeah, that's been happening. Um, but I've, I've listen. It's it's really cool to find out all the features of YouTube and how you can block niggas. So uh, <laughs> that's also fun too. Like you fuck around and find out. Uh, <laughs> getting to use that block button just. Yeah, well, apparently it's like it's like a function where they can still like watch your your videos and interact with your channel, and they can okay. leave comments, but no one will see it. Oh well, that's so true. they'll be talking to themselves basically, well, and I won't see it, so I won't get spoiled either. Here, so know? yeah, I mean, listen. Um, also, I think didn't something really big happen on Twitter about like a spoiler? Oh. 
Attack on Titan, the end. Oh, we, well, yes. Yeah. So what? Yes. So you know, what are you? What are your thoughts? What's going on? What are, what are my thoughts? It's yeah. As underwhelming as I assumed it would be. I, it was I, um, underwhelming. In my opinion, a lot of other okay. people thought it was like you know really exciting. I am on that story. The thing that actually has me more eyebrows raised is the statement from the producers of AOT. Um, the final season that the ending in the anime is going to be different. Oh, I don't know oh what boy. that means, but they oh. said it, it, it will be different, which got some people kind of outraged. Already. Why? I don't know. Because they wanted to like stick to the manga exactly. Yeah, I, I have like I fell out of love with Attack on Titan a while ago. Yeah, and. It's no, it's no secret that I, I didn't. I, I had a lot of questions about how they were going to wrap up the manga, but at least there, the writing was on the wall for where it was going. I just didn't like where it was going. I felt like the, the, the story they were telling and how they were wrapping it up were just sort of disjointed, and um, they, it got really weird and also really preachy and also really unsatisfying all at the same time. I could do preachy and weird. I can do like unsatisfying and preachy because that happens. That's just whatever. But all three of those things plus pseudo time travel, like to me, it all fell apart. Um, that's my opinion. You know, at me if you feel like it, but I, I don't care. The the story <laughs> fell apart in like the final act, and that's all just a it's just bad planning. That's it, bad planning. So bad planning. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the author admits that, like, he didn't really know what he was doing after, like, they got to the wall. Like, that was as far as he had really thought through. And he had been thinking of the story for, like, eight years before he wrote it. So, you know, you can't just magic the rest of that shit into existence and have it be consistently good. You know, so whatever. I had big issues as soon as Emir became an actual character in the story. Not just like a legend, not just like something written on a book. When fucking Aaron is talking with Emir in the past, present, and future simultaneously, and then you get all the like air quotes backstory where the Titans come from, and like the weird like root alien thing that's under the tree, and the the king abusing the uh, Emir and making her have all these kids, and then they become the Titans, blah blah blah. Like all that shit individually would have been fine but when you put it together with like what we've already been told about the way this universe works it actually just doesn't make any sense so ultimately you can boil the whole story down to amir not like being assertive enough and just killing that nigger when she had the chance and if it were just history if it was like a thing that happened it was fucked up it led to all this bullshit we're dealing with today fine when she became an active character and they were like, oh, the Ymir you're talking to right now is the same. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? Oh, wait. That's not a spoiler, is it? No. This is. Oh, like, okay. This is from like six, six to ten months ago. Oh. Like we didn't even, we're not even at where, the, where it ended. This was just like the thing that they were, that they were telling to set it up. Like, I knew that I was checked out at that point because it didn't make any sense. None of the motivations of ever, from everything that comes afterwards, I didn't believe what Aaron was doing. I didn't l- believe what any of his opposition were up to. I didn't believe in the final act, which I won't talk about. I didn't believe in any of it because like, it was stupid. It Zeke and his plan, stupid. It was all dumb. It was like, uh, 
I, I hate to say this because some people don't they don't like this or this statement, but for all the bullshit you want to throw on Code Geass in the second season, how it was just like a in a lot of ways a train wreck that every, it was too 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 awesome to look away from. Code Geass has the best ending for a story of this type, the anti-hero yeah. arch villain sort of yeah. thing, where it was poetic. Yeah. It wrapped itself up. It was itself a metaphor uh, that you know that th- that worked very very well for everything they'd said before. It left you you know open-ended because you don't know if if lelouch is alive or dead in the cart with with c2 but they don't have to answer that because it doesn't matter and everyone had a resolution and things move on it's great okay until the movie (laughs) shows and series have tried to copy this sort of like final arc i'm gonna take all the world's sins on my back and then i'm going to die tragically and i'm going to absorb that's just a jesus metaphor it's been done since the beginning of time. Like, it's played out. Be very careful if that's where you decide to push your story. And that's where I felt Attack on Titan was going even before they veered into the stuff that was that they they aired this season. Before they got into, like, the World War One analogies and the Titans were basically, like, weapons of mass destruction and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was... I already knew that this was too heavy for the flimsy... Uh, scaffolding of the story and everything i've seen since including the um the the ending the manga got recently and the direction that the any new ending might go in the limited amount of time for the anime that's running now i have no confidence so the weird the weird shit was too weird the train wreck was not interesting the characters motivations don't make any sense and they're bullshit and everyone's a moron i cannot stand when Characters are supposed to be geniuses or smart in a story are dumber than me. And I'm not a genius. <laughs> so, no. Well. <laughs> but that was... was a millionaire, so, you know, he didn't have to worry about eating for the rest of his life. I mean, this is not the end. I do, you, there's, there's no way they're going to let this fucking series end. Too much money. It's not happening. It's not happening. That, um, there's a, a Shiseido is teaming up with uh, the Attack on Titan producer to produce AOT skincare line. So you I legit, a Titan. I legit was just thinking. I was like, isn't Shiseido a skincare brand? Yes. I yes. what? Yes. Um. You know what? Get your coin where you can get your coin from. Because if they do like, if they ever do like Jujutsu Kaisen jewelry, they have my money. Like they have my money. So it's 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 over. It's over. Anybody who's familiar with the web of uh, Evangelion alternate universes that are all canon for reasons that if you know anything about Evangelion are is likely uh, there are like seventy six different universes, some of which are universes generated by ad campaigns um and if you think about that and you think ad about money the mechan- is insane what's up man. ad money is insane yeah like there's like was it the orange orange soda version universe of evangelion is a real oh story. my god yeah <laughs> so have any new universes been created since the movie the bullshit that underpins attack on titan story 
it's very possible that you could do the same thing. <laughs> that there's a oh, universe where Shiseido no. skin cream. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's canonical. No, no. <laughs> that Aaron no. is working for a skincare brand. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it. And now they're. I, they're this is not the end. You know what? Just bring on the gotcha game collaborations, okay? Ooh. Like, just redo all of them. I don't care. Just, 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 okay, let's just get through this. Like, True. just, let's, let's just do this and let's move on. You know what? I need to start a petition for them to animate the rest of Magi because what the fuck, man? I want it. Yeah, we should uh, post the, the, uh, Ad clips for Shiseido. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Send that to me, and we're, we're, gonna, we're going to. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hop on that. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, yeah, life is weird. It's oh, it's so interesting. It makes me kind of want to go read it, but I already have like a schedule of stuff that I need to do. <laughs> As far as like catching up on things, so like Megalobox is next, then Castlevania, then once I finish it edit- editing the podcast this week, I am getting in the Tower of God. Oh so, shit, you're doing it! Oh yeah, I'm doing it. Like this whole week is dedicated to me. Literally, just like I'm hooking up my um my what's call it my like TV monitor to my computer, and I'm literally just uh-huh. gonna scroll, <laughs> just gonna scroll. Just gonna keep so scrolling. My suggestion, because I did this and it's great. The soundtrack. Put the soundtrack on. You can just randomize shuffle that that bitch. Cause it's a double, it's like a even a shuffling it works? Yeah, listen. Because the aesthetic because the vibe is just the vibe. It's good. Oh my it god, works. their skin is shining. I hate this already. <laughs> I oh my god. Couldn't they do like fashion like lightning from Final oh, Fantasy 13? Like at least she was what she did like Louis Vuitton. Come on. <laughs> okay. I I I I guess. I guess. It's real life. This maybe this weird. Website's in the name is Hype Bay. Okay, next. Um alternate time. Well listen, if we are then can I get to a timeline where like taxes don't exist or some shit? Like, fuck <laughs> Who are you shit. telling? Like, I, Who are you telling? Like, get, give me, give me, I will, I don't know if I want to be gotten out of here because another one might be shitty in some other form of fashion. So, you know. Take what you can get. Yeah, take what you can get, I guess. No, because then the next timeline, the, like another parallel timeline might not have anime. <laughs> Oh shit! Like, right. remember, wait, wait, so when Homeboy literally said like anime was a mistake, like what happens in the timeline if they all just yo, stop? yo, I'd be so bad. Like, I wake up in the altar time, like everything in my life is better, and then I'm like, oh yeah, you watch anime, anime, what's that? No. <laughs> Which also, um, Tamino being a boss on TV. Oh right, Tamino's and I don't even asshole. follow him. I don't even follow him, and I got, I saw that news. I was like, oh, my God, James was dead, like, d- dead on. Like, he literally hates, hates, hates them. He hates it all. He said Mecca is... I think he also gets off on of being, is, like, a crotchety old man. And he oh. Away with it. 
Well, no, he's definitely getting away with it. Like, (laughs) he definitely got away with that shit because he said that and people literally just like laughed and went on about their business. I'm just like, no, I think he was serious. (laughs) Like, I don't know if he's fucking around with y'all. Based off of the stories that you've told me on how he's reacted, I'm just like, no. This nigga said, my next work will crush Demon Slayer and Evangelion. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, they, they they were interviewing about Gundam stuff he was writing, and he was like, "My next shit." Well, he basically give it to me all over these people. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I mean, Demon Slayer really isn't anything that like revolutionary from what I've seen. So, no, it's good. I like I like competition, and you know the thing is that he's a very respected guy, despite all like the 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 the, the I won't call it like controversy. It's just his relationship with his publishers and his producers is very salty but like there's a reason why he's so respected as a writer um you know tomino's work with the original gundam and basically everything around that series more or less created an entire like pillar of japanese identity like one guy did that i mean i don't want to i don't want to underrate like the production teams that made a lot of these into anime but like these are tomino's stories and there's a reason why there's a fucking 22 foot tall Gundam, you know, that's a national treasure over there. It's not, it wasn't an accident. So this guy is, is fucking real. So if he still feels competitive, if he still, still feels like, you know, he's got some shit in the tank. Like I love to see it. 79 years old, still going. Talk your shit, man. He's 79. He's 79. Oh, I can't wait for this new shit then. Yes. Give it to me. Yeah. I need another like Gundam Gundam. I don't want another divers. Okay, no, I'm not going down that hole again. Anyways. Anyways. Right. Any uh, recommendations? Um You know, I I have I had something, but I want to hold off a week. Okay. Um, because I feel like last week I gave them gave gave the people uh something to watch and something to read. And I have read some other stuff recently I think is great, but I want to hold off a little bit on it. Just a little bit. Okay. Just a little just a little, just a little something, bit. Something in the tank. I don't know if you've got anything. Um do I have anything to recommend? Um what have I been watching on the side or in two i mean i guess I, well no i'm not gonna recommend seven daily sins because i just talked about it excessively <laughs> so no um, okay. oh i recommend ari furetta go watch ari furetta i have a joke recommendation <laughs> oh okay i want to hear that what's your joke recommendation? <laughs> so uh just look up a, a little manga called ride on king um, and when you when you look for it, you might be a little confused because the English translation of this English name is in fact Isekai Putin. <laughs> it is a, it's a manga about the Ride On King, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Just uh, the the it. story focuses on Alexander Brukinov, Brukinov, Brukinov. The president for life of the country of Brugia. Mm-hmm. This is Alex. Okay, this is Putin. I mean, he looks like a certain dictator. Oh my know. god, he even looks like him. <laughs> is he the only character? It's all about showing strength. 
It's also known as Isekai Putin. He's riding yeah. a griffin and a tiger. Yep, he likes to be dominant. He likes to ride things. I now don't hate this. Now he goes to a fantasy world and he will ride everything in that fantasy world to let him know who's boss. So, it's a yeah. fantasy world that has orcs. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. How many? How many chapters of this have you read? Too many. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Also, there's a lot of like, uh, it, it's clearly not serious, but. There's a chapter I think it, that's called "Girls and the Elven Shit Crit." <laughs> so we'll just—it's all about um. No, 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 no. Taking a shit. <laughs> that's all. teaching elves? Okay. Elves are not supposed to take a shit. What? And there's there's shitting happening. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm definitely not reading Read that. Read this but, at your own peril. Oh That's all I'm my say. god! The art I mean, is actually not bad, though. That's the only thing. I'll say. Is it worse than the the what is it? Dog dog bitch? <laughs> dog nigga? No dog it's, dog nigga. <laughs> it's it's it actually looks good. Is that still problem. publishing chapters? I need to uh, know. I follow oh the my author on Twitter, and the answer is he published a book. <gasps> a week, is the uh, book named Dog Nigga too? Uh, what do you think? I, I oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! I keep tabs on these things, not because you I want really, to, but because I have to know. I have to know. <laughs> what is this? I just have to know. Why does this exist? I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, it's in Kindle format. Great. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy my ass. I'm not giving him any money. <laughs> you got me fucked up. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm not giving him any money for this. No, oh, I don't think, no. Don't think you should. <laughs> I think that would be a mistake. <laughs> so. Okay. We've all learned a lot today. Yes, we have. And I'm gonna stick to. I'm going to stick to my Tower of God. Yeah, stick to that. That's gonna be enjoyable. If you um, if you're, are you starting over from the beginning? Or are you jumping? I'm gonna start the... over. Yeah. Okay. Because you said that like a lot of stuff, um, especially with like in Dorsey. Yeah, they leave and, a lot um, of like the relationship building between many characters out. Yeah, and I feel like um, that's important, especially because there's a huge time skip. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah I'm gonna need to know. I mean, time skips happen fairly regularly, but I think what the thing the reason why I recommend people to go back and read it from the first is not just the the, the missing content, but also like the relationships between a lot of these characters in the story is very strong. It's stronger than uh, for a, like it's got a gigantic cast, but like as you start to read it, you realize how important it is when say certain characters are no longer cooperating with each other or where they team back up or they meet each other again after a long time like all that building is relevant for the emotional strings that the story wants to tell whereas you know in some other really long-running series like you you're either with everybody for a long time so it's just sort of background noise or it's unearned like oh i haven't seen you for a long time but like did they what do we know about them that we that we've been shown very little right oh maybe someone says they're friends but you don't see them being friends with each other um so i think that's that that's a big strength 
of Tower of God is that they managed to weave a very large cast of related people together. I mean, when I'm talking about large cast, by the time you get to where the the Manwa left off, there are probably like 40 to 50 named main characters who at some point were primary in the series who are coming back around and are relevant. What? It's it's a humongous cast. But it much like One Piece, it feels earned by the end because you know what everybody has been through with each other or separated from each other. So it's cool. It's really, really cool. So that's why that first... You know, go back and reading the first first season after watching the anime is great because the anime basically gives you, like, the highlights and all the main emotional scenes. And then you read the Mon one, it's like, oh, so, like, they they cut this part out but now i see like what was going on here or to me the big one was that they moved uh the reveal for rachel to the end of the anime yeah that's what i really want to know i want to i will i want to see how different it is going through all of that knowing that about rachel yeah and and it's it's funny because what it creates if you're reading it after watching the anime it's the equivalent of going back having knowing the story right and now you're looking at all of the little details that were put in there that led up to it and it's it, i actually i told you i reread it with uh using that soundtrack and it was awesome i was like i really appreciated tower of god a lot more after um the reread so it's good it's a very good series but the the art gets better in the what is i guess the first the, not the prologue the prologue is like zero so in the uh-huh. first act it immediately the art gets better and continues to get better across the whole series i mean we're on like chapter 400 something i think though they're 400 okay well yeah that's definitely gonna take me a while to get through that's not gonna be like a one day day and enjoy it oh how long is the prologue yeah i marathoned it in like a week oh okay that doesn't seem too difficult it's it really isn't you know if you're obsessive maybe you'll like become a dehydrated husk you know scrolling down i mean <laughs> but, i tend to do that with my bl anyways so well, might those, as well those have a finite end <laughs> <laughs> yeah they really yeah they like i will what's gonna call it i can knock out like 120 bl in like a day oh sure yeah, it'll be fine like, yeah It'll be fine. Actually, less than a day, probably in like three to six hours, depending on depending on how long the chapters are. Right, 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 right. Okay. Right. Well, if you haven't already, follow us on social media. Um, anime underscore savants on Twitter, and then just regular on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And let me reiterate that the next Ghost Stories video <laughs> will come after our new series drops. And it will be before Monday. Oh, God. But. I apologize in advance. Don't apologize. It was good. I I thought it was good. I thought it was good. (laughs) Well, yeah, the new series will be dropping before the ghost stories. And then the ghost stories will drop after that one. And then more ghost stories will follow up after that. It's not going to be like a three episode drop of ghost stories this time. We'll, We'll get back. We're almost done. So, you know. We're, we're, we're testing the waters before it's completely finished. But yeah, and then you can follow me. Oh, wait. Nope. Not saying that again this week. Okay. Um. <laughs> you can hit me up at Neural Handshake, and that's it. Don't, no spoilers for, for Jordan. Stop it.
Yeah. Also, thank you for the people who are actually like coming and listening to the podcast from the channel. Yeah, that's um, really cool. That I actually found one person doing that, commenting this week. So yeah, we're doing that. Thank. Well, not we're doing that, but thank you for actually checking <laughs> out. Thank for actually checking out the caption <laughs> as yeah. opposed as opposed to clicking through and dipping. So yeah, that's all for me. All right, all for me too. Peace out, guys. Bye.